to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who saw The Dark Knight Rises seven times in theaters, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? Uh, doing, uh, doing phenomenal tonight, doing uh very good tired, but, um, I think I'm going to make it through it. I think we're going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. Did, did you juice up on some coffee before you, you joined uh, us here? Got some, yeah, got some Dunkin' coffee in me earlier and, um, yeah, slapped my face a couple times through some cold water on there and, um, yeah, I think I'm going to make it through it. Yeah. Did you, did you also do the LeBron James, you know, put the chalk in your hand and clap and throw it up in the air? Um, you know, didn't go that far. I didn't have the chalk. That was really the thing. If I would have had the chalk, I would have been, would have thought about that, but sorry, you, next time. You've got two, you've got two kids. You could have used baby powder. That's I, I wasn't thinking. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Maybe, know, maybe next time. I yep. I know. Did you, did you like the intro? The Dark Knight Rises. Really? Really? Was one, one yeah, of it was, movies. it was, it was a lot of, yeah, it was a lot of times in theaters. Yeah. Was, I thought it was, I, I was high on the dark night. So I, I know I saw that movie twice in the one day. Cause I like, I saw it in the morning and then some friends wanted to see it at night. So like it was twice in one day and seven might be over the top, but um, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely right around four or five. Let's put it that way. Yeah. My favorite one, I think was your last one that you saw. We, we went to a wedding and then, we wanted to go watch it again, so we went to the movie, and I was tired. I don't know. I got like four hours of sleep the night before. So we walk into this movie, and we sit down, and I made it through 15 minutes of the movie, and I fell asleep. <laughs> Bo was laughing at me the whole time because I was snoring <laughs> through the movie. <laughs> that's, uh, that's all coming back to me now. That sounds that sounds like about the story what happened there. Yep, good times. Yep. <laughs> it, was, it was very good times. Very good times. Before we get into everything, because we've got a lot of stuff this week, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. Of course, that's a your returning listener. Welcome back. You know, you've been with us probably for a while now. We appreciate you. You know, we're, we're seeing the statistics on our podcast. It's going up. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. And if you're a first-time listener, hey, thanks for choosing the Forkstown Podcast. And hopefully, we're your new home for Mariners Baseball Talk. Um, if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Just search Forks Down Podcast. Um, oh, and Threads. I forgot about Threads this week. But Threads is also on there. We're on Threads. You can also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. You can rate us if you want. If you like us and want to help us get up the charts, rate us five stars. Um, you know, and we'll... Uh, uh, be very much appreciated because you know we'll get more listens out of that. Uh, the the whole algorithms when it comes to you know well liked shows it just puts us a little bit higher. And if you don't like us, give us one star so you know Bo can uh, track you down and and give you a piece of his mind. So <laughs> <laughs> with all that being said, Bo, let's get into it. Um, I <laughs> I was warned by a friend that something might be going down the other day. And then I in turn warned you and you kind of shook it off. You gave me the, you gave me the old, Oh, Oh, they're just getting our hopes up. But, uh, some big things happened for the Mariners. Uh, two trades back to back within 10 minutes were announced. Uh, first trade Mariners traded Robbie Ray to the giants for Mitch Hanniger and Anthony Descalfiani. I can't say it, but say it for me. Uh, Descalfiani. Descalfiani, thank you. That was the first trade. We're like, okay, we just got Robbie Ray off the books. It's kind of wild. Second trade, Mariners traded Jose Caballero to the Rays for Luke Rayleigh. (laughs) Not quite the hitter I thought we were getting from the Rays, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, Bo, what, what, what do you think about these two trades that were made? Um, lots to unpack. Um, so, uh, yeah, in a, uh, in a never ending, um, off season of unexpected moves. Um, yeah, the Robbie Ray deal kind of came out of nowhere. Right. I think when, uh, given the Mariners financial situation that they've put themselves into this off season, I think we were there were some ideas about what they might do financially with some of the bigger contracts. Maybe there was even an idea of like a Luis Castillo trade, but 
seems like it ends up becoming Robbie Ray. Um, but uh, even the trade itself ends up kind of being a wash money wise, especially in these couple of years here. Um, but uh, I was a little surprised. I'm not going to lie. I thought that um, I thought Robbie Ray, you know, was going to still have a good option, you know, at the end of the year. And then there was still going to be a, a potential for him to, you know, I think pitch, I think serviceably for the Mariners for the next couple of years. But um, yeah, I kind of get a feeling that maybe the Mariners um, looked at, um, you know, Jerry talks a lot about um, future payroll and future, um, you know, payroll breakdowns for 2025, 2026. And um, this helped clear a lot of that up, right. With Robbie Ray, moving Robbie Ray to the, to the giants. So, I understand the deal. I understand the trade. I think on paper, the kind of players that are involved um, aren't really equal there. I think the the Giants are probably getting a better player in in Robbie Ray than what they have in Mitch Haniger and Anthony Discafani. But um, I think it probably helps the Giants too in terms of like they need pitching. So um, I understand that. I understand the trade from a from a dollars and cents standpoint. Um, I was a little surprised. And, and, I was a little surprised. I guess and, that's the best way I can put it. Yeah. And the one thing I, I don't think you mentioned there is the Mariners got back six thousand or six thousand, six million dollars as well to kinda offset the trade. So um, you know, we were taking on a little bit more money by trade trading Robbie Ray, but the Giants also threw in some cash and you know, so it's kind of a wash. You know, it, it's a very equal trade in terms of money. Yeah. So I think it, in terms of like uh and keep me honest here. I think in terms of like 2024 money, it's just certainly a wash, right? So like I think 2024 yeah. money, the contracts, the salaries, whatever, it's absolutely a wash. But I think the win for the Mariners and why the why it seems like on paper the players might be off, or the players might not be equated there, is that the Mariners obviously aren't paying Robbie Ray 2025 and then 2026. So yeah, um, yeah, and that's and, the big thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, Hanniger, he uh, he's got two years left, but the second year is an option. So, um, you know, they could be out after one year and then Discafani, I can't say his name. I can't do it. Um, he's only on the books for one year. So after that, they're out of that contract too. So, um, you know, people are going to look at this and go, well, they might be saving money, but that's just money in John Stanton's pocket. You know, I think, you know, this, this has future ramifications after just this year, but next year, year after. So. Yeah. And I guess the one thing I always, the one thing, um, one thing Jerry brought up, you know, numerous times I felt like during last season was just like their future dollar commitments. Right. He brought that up as like, I don't know, some way to, I don't want to say push conversations about free agents or what have you there, but he always like brought that up as like, Oh, we're going to be committed to spending this amount of money in 2026. Right. Or this amount of money in 2025. And this drastically clears that up a little bit, right? Like in terms of just, they're going to be their payroll rank for those two years. So, um, you know, hopefully that means there's, I don't know, some other uh, signing or something like that coming. So that opens up more, you know, dollars and cents for the future, but um, we'll just wait and see, or maybe it opens up some sort of extension for George Kirby or Logan Gilbert too, but who knows right now. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Any other thoughts on the, in the trade there? Yeah, I mean, Robbie Ray, um, unfortunately, is probably going to be remembered for the home run he gave up to Jordan. Um, I don't think he needs to be remembered that way. Uh, Robbie was a very good pitcher in a Mariners uniform, at least good. You know, maybe not very good, maybe not great, but he was at least good. Um, obviously, he's making money as an, you know, that you would pay an ace, and um, we probably didn't quite get that out of that. Um, but Robbie Ray, best to Robbie Ray. And for the Mariners, getting back Mitch Haniger, um, you know, I'm hoping he could stay healthy. Only played 60 games last year. Obviously, um, you know, Mariners fans have been fans for a long time, or at least, you know, the last time Mitch was on the team, which is a couple years ago, obviously, um, know about Mitch's uh, injury history. So hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, I saw one guy <laughs> yelling on the uh, – on the subreddit leave his testicles alone because you know that was one of his injuries but um you know hopefully we can get a little bit more out of him and uh you know obviously i think we're gonna get a uh, you know not just from you know probably playing standpoint but a big leader to come back in the clubhouse um 
you know, he, he put on Instagram, right. You know, like a day after he got traded, you know, let's run it back. And it was a picture of him, Ty and, and JP. Um, so, uh, I'm really happy to have Mitch back. Let's just hope it leads to results, you know, leads to something where he plays over a hundred games and, and gets a, um, a few key hits here and there. And then, uh, you know, he came in. He's probably going to be a five. I yeah, ten million for five. Eh, we'll see. But um, you know, he he's essentially going to probably grab the Marco Gonzalez role, um, and I'm I'm fine with that. If he can, you know, 2021, he had a very good season. If he can return to that form, and and or at least three quarters of that, you know, um, and be a serviceable five, then you know, he's going to make that ten million dollars and be worth it. So um, I'm excited for what these two are bringing to the table. And, and hopefully there's more positives than negatives this time next year when we're talking about them. And uh, Robbie Ray, sayonara. You know, hopefully hopefully you don't come back to haunt the, the Mariners. And look at it this way, too. You know, Robbie Ray wasn't going to be back until the all, you know, after the All-Star break at the earliest. You know, the Mariners are getting two players that can play now as opposed to um, uh, you know, someone's going to be on the shelf for, you know, at least half the season. So, um, you know, that's another positive, you know, we've got not dead money. Well, that's of course, neither of these guys get hurt, but you know, we're paying players to play, not to be on the IL. So, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, um, all spot on right. They're going to be, you know, um, supposedly starting the season and, um, you know, starting the season in their respective fifth swicks swingman role in supposedly right field for Mitch Hanniger. So all very positive that they're going to be contributing from, I think from the start, um, the kind of the way I, the way that I'm approaching Mitch Hanniger is like, whatever you get out of him, like it's just like a net positive, right. But don't expect too much. So Mitch is kind of coming back into a different role with the Mariners. Right. I feel like when he was with the Mariners, he had to be, you know, one of our better hitters. And now he's very much just like, I don't know if that's less pressure or what have you, but I feel like whatever we get out of Mitch, I think is, is positive. Right. Um, and Discofani, I'm actually probably a little higher on the Discofani train than I think a lot of the people out there. I kind of, I kind of like him in that, whatever that I think he's a better Chris Flexen. I think he's probably going to be a better Marco. So like, I kind of like him in that spot there, especially if, you know, we slow play Brian Wu or Bryce Miller to start the season. So um, I feel like it's a good it's a good spot to be in that fifth sixth spot for Discofani. Um, yes, even though he is making that twelve million dollars, which is actually what Marco is going to make this year as well. So is um, it is it ten or twelve? I thought Mitch uh, had twelve. Mitch Discofani um, has Discofani has uh, twelve this year. Oh, okay. Mitch has t- Mitch then, has twenty this year, and then Mitch has fifteen and a half next year if he if he um, if he decides to um, pick up his option, which I'm at this point I'm guessing he is, unless he you know really goes off on a tear this year. So yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are are you getting Brad Pitt and Moneyball vibes there with with Mitch? Brad Pitt talking to David Justice. Hey, I, I mean, that's, I, I want to squeeze the last little bit of baseball out of you. That's, I mean, that's what, uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, I don't want to, I mean, these are, I know these aren't very good comparisons, but I mean, it's what the Mariners tried to do last year with Tommy Listella. That's what they tried to do last year. I think with Colton Wong in some instances, I know it's really bad, really bad to bring some of those examples up, but, um, you know, I don't think Mitch is also, I think Mitch is, and this is also a little bit of a debate as I think Mitch is kind of walking into this as like the half outfielder that I think Jerry and team wanted. I think there's some debate if he's the full outfielder or if somebody else that we acquire is the full outfielder, but I would fully assume that some sort of Mitch Hanniger, Dominic Canzone platoon is in order. Right. Um, so yeah, I think we're, whatever we get out of Mitch is, is a net positive and you know, he'll be in a platoon and we'll see if somebody else picks up in that role full time uh, as the year goes on. But uh, yeah, I'm happy. He's happy. He's back for, you know, um, nostalgic reasons as well. So happy to have him. As, as someone put on Facebook, first off what? And second off Mitch. <laughs> so yeah. um, happy to have him back. So Obviously, the second trade, I've already mentioned it. It was Jose Caballero to the Rays for Luke Rayleigh. Um, I very, very much like this trade. I don't know about you, Bo, but I very, very much like this trade. Um, 
Uh, I know Luke had a kind of a down second half, but uh, what we saw in the first half, I hope he can put together for the whole year. Um, sorry, did you say? So yeah, let me just so like I let me just say so like I'm a I think that I I like this deal because it's it feels like a deal that isn't motivated by like trying to puzzle piece salaries and salary dumps and all like everything else that the Mariners have tried to do this off season. So like this is like a genuine oh we this is a guy that we probably wanted to bring in right like that's I think uh, on its surface I I, I I like that more than trying to like oh these salaries all go together. Let's try to piece them together and make a deal. Right. So like on that, on that, on that thing alone, I like the fact that they were like, Oh, this is somebody that they actually like. Um, uh, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. When I heard that there was a deal coming with the Rays, it's not probably my first thought of what it was going to end up being. But um, I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think value wise, the player, um, you know, Jose Caballero, the, the Rays um, are in desperate need of a shortstop after some, um, events that have occurred over the last couple months there with the, with the Tampa Bay Rays. So it uh, makes a lot of sense for them. Um, and I think value wise, that feels like that was, that feels like that was 14 months ago. Uh, yeah, I know. That's your player. Uh, oh my goodness. Um, uh, <laughs> anyways, um, the, uh, yeah. So I think the deal, the value wise, I feel like it's a very good deal. Um, you know, it's kind of guys that uh, Luke Rayley was hot in the first half Javier was probably better in the first half as well. Um, so you're kind of swapping like you're betting on those first halves where I think both those players. Um, uh, but yeah, I like, uh, I like the deal. I think value wise, it makes sense. It probably wasn't the player that I had in mind when we were trading with the Rays, but I think from a value standpoint, um, I think the Mariners probably end up, you know, on top for the most part, of course, we'll also just see how the season goes to really degrade it. But um yeah, I think my only hang up is that, um, you know, he did, you know, Luke Rayleigh is still very much a, a free swinger, right? So like, um, I guess the the logic of like, oh, we're going to try to cut back on strikeouts. I don't quite know if that is still applicable, but um, I'm not going to gripe too much on that for right now. But um, yeah, I think it's a good get and it raises, I think, what could be the ceiling for the Mariners in, in 2024. So um Mm-hmm. what uh it, yeah go ahead it it makes the mariners better it it really does um i, I really like luke really jose caballero as much fun as he was you know watching him run the bases you know successfully and unsuccessfully um and very much making pitchers mad with his um pitch clock antics um you know, he he very much fell off a cliff in the second half. Um, you know, so much so that I I, I was kind of snooping on the race subreddit, and people were like, "He had, we're we're winning this deal. We got a guy that had two point four WAR last season. It's like you guys didn't watch him. Yeah, he he was you know eight outs above replacement defensively. You know, he was a, he was a plus base runner." Um, but his hitting was pretty atrocious. Um, you know, he, he, he walked not a lot. I felt like, um, maybe you can bring some stats up both that maybe contradict that. But, um, I, I feel like he was hindering the team more than he was helping it. Um, you know, best of luck to Caballero going to the race because the Rays are known for taking players like that and finding what they're good at and really exploiting it. Um, there were some jokes being made that, you know, they just got Caballero and watched them turn him, turn him into a five war player. Um, I could see it happening, but, uh, also I like Luke Rayleigh. I like the power he's bringing. Um, I, I think Luke Rayleigh, we got the better of the deal, the better player. If you look at him, you know, I, I feel like Luke Rayleigh is the better player at this point, you know? Maybe not all the intangibles that that Caballero brings, but um, you know, if we're looking for someone that can help us win, I think Luke Rayleigh will, will help that a little bit more than Caballero. Not trying to say he's the best player on earth, but right, right. Well, um, yeah, I think Caballero, um, you know, he did hit lefties really well, but um, just taking his batting average, right? He was under two under two hundred against 
right-handers just in general, right? So it kind of does limit him there a little bit. But um, yes, he did walk a pretty decent clip. I think he walked, what was it? Yeah, 10% of the time, but his on-base percentage of a 343. When you have a good on-base percentage like that and you steal a lot of bags like Caballero does, he has a lot of value still, right? I think the Rays will, yeah. I think the Rays will find something there at least um, to tap into and, you know, probably try. I, I, I would still say he's probably still going to be right around that average two win player somewhere in there. Right. But um, Mm -hmm. who knows? They can, they could make, they could potentially lock and unlock more. Who knows? So we'll see. Um, And yeah, I think on the Luke Rayleigh front, um, the only thing I will say is that there's a thought in my mind. Like I think what we said when we got Mitch Haniger, Mitch, Mitch Haniger, when we got Mitch Garver, right. But there's too many, too many Mitches. We have to just decide against it now. Uh, when we got Mitch Garver was like, there was a thought of, you know, maybe we should set our sights a little higher. Right. And I do feel a little bit of the same way with Luke Rayleigh. Right. And that's not to, you know, degrade. I think Luke Rayleigh, I think he's, he's got serious power and I think there's another layer that the Mariners could tap into there. Right. And, um, you know, I think, filling a role of, you know, some sort of potential that maybe Jared Kelnick had, even though he's, you know, quite a bit older than Jared Kelnick. But um, I would say that the, you know, Luke Rayleigh's good get, but I feel like there's still a, I guess I would say, I feel like this is still a Mariner lineup that still feels like it's missing, you know, a core bat, a couple core bats. Right. And I don't know if Luke Rayleigh is going to be that maybe he is someday, but um yeah, I just feel like this is still a Mariner team that's missing, you know, some core core bats from the team, even after all these moves. So that's my only, let's say like still, still feel a couple bad short, especially compared to, you know, a couple teams that we're going to talk about that we're competing against today. So that's my, that's my only piece there I have with that. Yeah, I, I feel you there. Um, You know, depending on who you listen to, who you read about or read, you know, the, the articles that are put out. Um, there's some saying that the Mariners are probably done on the market. There's, they're saying, you know, they're not going to sign any more free agents. This is what we're going to take in the spring training. I don't get that feeling. I really don't. I feel like there's one more thing on the horizon. You know, I, I feel like there's one more, one more signing. I'm hoping it's a core bat or I'm, I'm hoping there's one more trade that, you know, brings us a core bat, but uh, I just, I don't have the feeling that it's over yet. Not yet. I don't know. Do you get that feeling, Bill? Um, I get a feeling. I get a feeling that the main route, main moves are. I feel. I feel like the main moves are probably done. That's kind of. I, maybe I'm feeling a little different. Maybe I'm. You know. I don't know how to describe it. I kind of feel like the main moves are done, and I feel like we should probably expect. I, I'm kind of expecting something like a. I know similar, not the same player, but I'm expecting something like a, we'll bring in like, um, I don't know, a geo Yershella or like some sort of other smaller piece, maybe some sort like, um, I know, I'm looking at the free agent list here. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like a Brad Miller. I like, I don't know. I'm, I'm like throwing out some names there of just like a Matt Duffy, some one or two names that we might just bring in on some sort of deal to see like what else they got. Just like we did like the last couple of years, with Cole Calhoun and others. Right. So like, I feel like there's one or two names that the Mariners might take a chance on like a Brian, Brian Anderson would be a good name that the Mariners have out there. Like the, I feel like that might be it. Like maybe they bring somebody in on a minor league deal and see what they got. But I feel like for the most part, um, the yeah i, I kind of feel like the big deals are done do you feel like there's a big deal coming do you feel like there's still something else out there to kind of get one of those kind of core bats that i think we still need or do you feel like it's those smaller moves what's your what's what's your what's your feeling there i i honestly still feel like it, they could trade one of the young guys a woo or a miller i really do i think that you know getting to scalfoliani or however you say his name i've said it different every time but I think getting him, you know, very much opens up the possibility that could be one more move made. Um, maybe it won't bring a Corbett back, honestly, but I feel like it is on the table that one of those guys could get traded still. I just, I don't know. I have that feeling. I feel Maybe I'm setting my expectations too high. I feel honestly. like, um, 
I kind of, I kind of feel like I'm going, I'm trying to go back to like what some stuff that Jerry talked about here um, was like, uh, yeah, he felt like he could play opening day tomorrow. I think that's his quote, right? He feels good about the team that they have. Um, he felt like it's a complete team. Um, and I think he, I think he kind of mentioned, I think he kind of mentioned, and I was going to bring this up too. like he, he, they explored kind of rotation changes or rotation trades. Right. And nothing really, really fit for them. They said, and I was kind of thinking about that, like going back to our episode last week, there wasn't really like, we walked through those trade scenarios. Right. And there really wasn't a deal that was like, you know, flashing green lights, but yeah, let's, let's make it, let's go for it. Right. And I kind of, I kind of get the sense that's probably where the Mariners are at with this. Right. Like, if there's not a perfect deal to be had for, for one of their valuable arms, maybe they're not going to do it. So I'll never say no, especially to, you know, somebody you know really likes Brian Wu or Bryce Miller and they want to, you know, build the perfect trade for that. But um, yeah, I, I'm getting the feeling that we might be coming to the end here besides some onesie twosie moves. How, how, how much, how much can you really believe that Bo? This man said earlier in the preseason or in the postseason that, uh, or in the off season, jeez, he said earlier in the off season that he were trying to cut down on strikeouts, but some of these moves aren't making sense either when it comes down cut down strikeouts. So, no, you're that's you're you're 100 right. You're 100 right. And maybe maybe I should say if I think if there's a better deal to be had, it might be for like an Emerson Hancock or somebody like that. Let's put it that way. Okay, we'll table that for another time. We'll table that. We got a lot more coming on this episode, so we'll table that. Um, let's move on to off-season notes real quickly. Um, just before we get into our meat and potatoes of the show, um, you know, there's there's articles coming out. We saw it on Trade Rumors. Mariners are showing interest in Carlos Santana. Uh, that was right before we got Luke Rayleigh and Mitch Hanniger. Um, Do you still believe that they're showing interest in Carlos Santana at this juncture if – you know, we got who we got, uh, and, and Mitch Garver as well. Not really. I, I don't really see a, I just don't know if I see a fit for it or a space for it on the team. It's, um, it's re- it's really difficult to see a fit there. I don't, I just don't really know. Like, unless, unless we end up trading Ty France, like for, unless we add up Ty France to some sort of deal and then we're, you know, need some depth at first base maybe, but um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really, that one didn't really fit for me. I didn't really follow that one. So um, yeah. What about you? Neither did yeah. I, neither did I, it didn't make sense. We've already got, you know, at this juncture now, before these trades were happening, I'm like, well, we got Mitch Garver at DH. Is he going to take first with, you know, is something going on with Ty France. And then we made these moves and it makes even less sense for me because um you know none of these guys are gonna play first base unless they try some first base with mitch garver which i don't think would be smart and you've got two if not three players probably battling to get some time at dh you know depending on where we're at in the season you know and that's where i think carlos santana at this point of this his career probably should be is as a dh you know and uh it just it didn't make sense. It didn't line up for me. Yeah, no, the same there. So, um, but yeah, I uh, I think yeah, unless there's anything else there, but I was gonna move on. Um, this was just breaking, just I think before we hopped on here. But uh, Teoscar Hernandez did end up signing. A, was it a twenty three and a half million dollar deal with the uh, with the Dodgers? Um, <clears throat> it's everybody's favorite. There is deferred money in the deal where he's gonna make some money starting in 2030, but, um, yeah, basically a one year, 23 and a half million dollar deal, um, essentially more than he would have gotten from the qualifying offer. Um, Mm -hmm. does feel like a little bit of a, of somewhat of an overpay. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's only going to be $15 million this year. So, um, take that however you want there, but, um, any thoughts to to, any thoughts to the deal there for Tay Oscar? I, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to play right field. Um, I'm I'm guessing Mookie is now the full time second baseman. I I would assume, right? Uh, I believe so. I think that's the I think that's the plan. Um, 
I think they have Teoscar. They, I mean, they still have Jason Hayward slotted in at the right field spot, but I mean, those two could probably move around a little bit. So, um, yeah. But yeah, Teoscar's batting seventh in that lineup, I think, as it is on roster resource right now. So, um, watch, watch him, watch him like everyone else does when they go to the Dodgers, go and hit 40 home runs and be an all star. Yeah, I, it's not crazy to think I mean, he's going to strike out, you know, a third of the time. But um, yeah, very well could put up 30 bombs. So, no. Hey, Tao got paid. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the man. He wasn't going to get that with the Mariners, unfortunately. So, yep. Um, and then the last thing here, um, the Yankees and Angels are showing interest in Blake Snell. Um. Why can't the Angels just go fall off a cliff? Yankees, I, I mean, I would be mad if he went to the Yankees too, but I'd be less mad because he wouldn't be in the division. Why do the Angels have to peak interest here? Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I, I heard it described on a national podcast this week as like the Angels are a little bit of the punching bag of uh, of uh, Major League Baseball now, just like the decisions that they make and everything else. And they thought that adding Blake Snell to that mix would probably add to that because it just – doesn't really fit right now it's like the angels are trying to kind of rebuild and like blake snell's an aging and not an aging but you know what i mean an older side baseball player in his years right and like high chance of regressing so like it wouldn't really make sense for the angels but of course it's of course the angels are gonna try to maybe do that so yeah there's that but uh yeah i think the yankees um the yankees are certainly looking for pitching and that plays into a little bit of what we're going to talk about today so um very well could see because very well could see blake snell um in new york even though i do worry about um his some of his potential home run numbers if he ends up going to the al east so there you go it is blake snell gonna be a a roger clemens or is he gonna be a carlos or carlos carl pavano yeah, I, I'm really a hard pass on the Roger Clemens one, but um, probably more on the Carl Pavano side. Yep. Well, you know, we, we talked about the Yankees just now. Let's uh, let's move on to what we're talking about today. We're starting a little series. We did it last year. Um, just looking at some of the competitors that we're going to be seeing in the league, you know, whether they're in the division or outside of the division. Um, how we're going to structure, structure this is – um, you know, next couple weeks, we're going to pick probably one in division opponent and then one outside of division opponent that will be, you know, probably a good chance of seeing in the wild card. If we make the wild card, um, you know, could see in the ALDS if we make the ALDS. So, um, Bo, do you, uh, do you want to start this? You wrote it. So you want to go Rangers or Yankees first? Uh, we'll start with the Rangers. Um, I think probably top of mind to, to most Mariner fans, um, baseball fans in general. Um, you know, the, the too long don't read headline that we have for these teams right now is um, the Rangers are um, pretty much the inverse of the Mariners in a lot of ways. Um, very competent offense, but um, kind of a questionable um, starting rotation, questionable bullpen, um, and very much, uh, different from what the Mariners have, but, um, the offense is what carries the, uh, the offense is going to be what carries the Rangers. Um, uh, you know, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, Adolis Garcia, Evan Carter, Josh Jung. Those are just like those five guys off the top. They also have Nathaniel Lowe after that and Jonah Heim. Um, you know, the length of that lineup is very long, right? Um, the length Mm -hmm. of the lineup for the Mariners has been discussed and talked about as just like JP Crawford and Julio Rodriguez and maybe Cal Raleigh. Right. But, um, yeah, you have to go through at least seven strong hitters and you can even add Lobo Lode Tavares to that, um, to make it, you know, a solid eight hitters that are very competent for the Rangers. The, um, so that's kind of been their bread and butter. It's how they, you know, won a lot of games last year. It's how they um, didn't end up winning the West, but, um, you know, got off to a hot start and yeah, very much still going to be, uh, you know, one of their more main points coming into 2024 as they try to, you know, repeat or try to at least maybe get into the AOS contention there. So um, 
but let's talk about um i did want to cover a couple of their departures um a couple of their departures to that obviously mitch garber was on there and then on the pitching side their departures are jordan montgomery Aroles chapman um will smith and martin perez um i think of major note on the pitching side is jordan montgomery um I think there's a very likely chance that Jordan Montgomery still ends up actually coming back to the, to the Rangers um, because the rotation right now looks a little, I don't want to say sad, but it looks a little, um, I don't know. It doesn't really look like a world series contention rotation. I guess that's what I would say about it. Um, And certainly Mm -hmm. the bullpen looks the same. So um, yeah, the the rotation right now for them looks like Nate Valdi, Jonathan Gray, Andrew Heaney, Dane Dunning, Cody Bradford, um, their team ERA last year was, um, four and 4.3. Their bullpen ERA was 4.77. The bullpen was the point that everybody liked to point out. I remember at the, at the, at the games at the end of last year, it was, Oh, we just need to get to the bullpen. We just need to get to the bullpen. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the way I like to think about it is the Rangers kind of patched it together and made it work throughout the whole entire postseason and the end of the season, even with just the bullpen that they had. So, um, very much a good chance that they re-sign Jordan Montgomery. Very good chance that they likely, I would almost think that they kind of need Josh Hader at some point too. Um, if they bring those two guys back on, the outlook for the Rangers is looking, I think, much better in 2024. Um, and I think just a couple of things, right? Jacob deGrom is scheduled to come back sometime later in the year as well, um, in addition to Max Scherzer. So there's other kind of, um, you know, I would say bullets that they have coming there down the pipe as well. Um, I think one of the big things that I'm a lot, I would say a lot of worried about with the Rangers is that um, Evan Carter is, um, we saw flashes of his brilliance kind of in the playoffs last year. Um, you know, he's uh, he's going to be a top prospect, a guy that's going to cause the Mariners frustration for a lot of years to come. And then in addition to that, they have just Wyatt Langford, who is, um, you know, was a top pick in last year's draft. Um kind of waiting in the wings and I would expect him actually to be up sooner rather than later as well. So yeah, I think there's a chance the Rangers lineup gets even longer in 2024. So like there's uh there's some drill downsides with their pitching side of things um, that I think they might end up addressing at some point with Jordan Montgomery, Josh Hader, maybe some other trades. Um, but uh, yeah, the offense is just, it's good now and there's a very good chance it could get even better in 2024. Oh no, absolutely. It could could get better. Um, they've been linked to Josh Hader for, you know, pretty much the whole post or off season <laughs> coming out when that world series. And then all, all the talks were, how do they repeat? And I think Josh Hader was like number one on the list to help shore up the bullpen. Um, you know, the bullpen, <laughs> I, I don't know how they patched worked it. That was uh, very impressive through all of the postseason last year. Um, I counted them out because of their bullpen and I probably shouldn't have because their offense is just so good. It, I mean, where, where's the, <laughs> our you know friend of the show, Cody Esman and I were, were talking baseball the other day and I was playing MLB the show and I drafted this team and I told Cody, I'm like, who do you pitch to? You know, I, I told him my three through seven batters. I'm like, who do you pitch to? Any of those guys can take you deep. I feel like you're almost, per, you know, seeing a lineup with this Rangers where one through nine, who do you want to pitch to? Who really, you know, you got Corey Seager. Okay. You don't want to pitch to him. You got Marcus Simeon behind him. Oh, you got Josh Jung behind him or Adoles Garcia, <laughs> Evan Carter, Jonah Heim, Nate Lowe, even Leodis Tavares. Like he, he had a very good season, you know, very, very much could have been an all-star, you know, if not for all his teammates, um, you know, being all-stars as well. But uh, uh, offensively, they just keep getting scarier and it, you know, the Mariners are going to, the pitching staff is going to have to really, really work hard to, to beat these guys this year, just because of the, offense so yep it's gonna be uh yeah gonna be some good slugfest between mariners pitching and uh rangers offense this year um no and i uh i think just to kind of wrap up the rangers um if you want to take steamer projections and what's on depth charts fan graphs right now um the trades that the mariners actually made 
did incrementally put them over the the Orioles and the Rangers uh, in terms of total war value. So if you want to take that however you will like there, but um, yeah, the Rangers are projected for 86 ish wins, 86, seven wins, 87 wins right now. And yeah, they're not currently projected to be a team playoff team, be a fan graphs, but um, yeah, I don't think they were projected to be a, a playoff team. I think last year either. And um, you know, a, a signing of Hader and or Montgomery can certainly change those, uh, those win totals and, you know, play projections I think as well. So um yeah, going to be a good team. Uh, going to be uh, top of the AOS, obviously contender. I still think, you know, regardless of what some of the projections might say, um, you know, the whole year can be tough to beat. Very, very tough to beat. Very tough to beat. So. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to the Yankees now. This is our out of division opponent here. Um, I think last year, and we might talk about him this year again, but I think last year in the slot was the Blue Jays. Um, but uh, very much Yankees could be a team. If we make the wild wild card, could be seeing, you know, maybe have to travel to Yankee Stadium to to win a series to, you know, get to the ALDS. So, both take it away. Sure thing. Yeah, I mean the Yankees, uh, disappointing twenty twenty three team, um, attempting to make it kind of back on top of the AL West coming into twenty twenty four. It realistically, I think, comes down to. I don't want to say it only comes down to two guys, right? Baseball is much, very much a, a numbers game in terms of, you know, contributors. But um, I have to believe that um, it really comes down to a lot of what Aaron judge and the newly acquired Juan Soto um, accomplish. I think this year, right. A healthy Aaron judge and a Juan Soto that is continuing to contribute, right. Especially with um, the ballpark there in New York. Um, I think it really comes a lot down to those two guys. Um uh, one soda being in the middle of that order. Now Aaron judge staying healthy. Um, you know, the Yankees offense was, has been challenged, has been, you know, struggled a lot over the last couple of years and they really, really needed to make a one soda trade. And I think it drastically helped their team going into 2024. So, um, but I guess a couple of the key departures there, Isaiah kind of um, Luis Severino, Domingo Herman and Frankie Montas. Um, you can debate on those last three if they're really, you know, key departures because, um, you know, Herman had the good, uh, perfect game last year, but also, you know, dealt with some off field issues. Luisa Arena has been injured for a long time. Uh, Frankie Montas has been injured for a long time. So all to come to say that they are missing a couple holes in their rotation. Um, I think one very quick fix to that would, would be the guy that we already mentioned, Blake Snell. So I think that the Yankees are still looking for more pitching. So they very well could be getting some upgrades on that side as well. So um, to go along with um, the ALSA young um, uh, reigning um, pitcher there and Garrett Cole. So they're also going to have a healthy rotation, a healthier rotation, supposedly with Carlos Rodon. So and Nestor Cortez. So could be back depending on, Cause it feels like it always comes back to injuries with the Yankees. And I feel like that's very much the case. If guys can stay healthy, um, I think the Yankees have a pretty good shot at, um, I don't know if they're going to be on top of the AL East, but I think certainly, you know, I think in the wild card running, um, uh, but I think just kind of going over some of the numbers that we talked about, the projections, uh, the Yankees are projected to be one of the better teams in the AL right now. I think they're projected to be the second best team in the AL. Um, which I, that was kind of where they were projected at last year as well. And that didn't really end up happening. So like I say, it it really comes down to health for the Yankees. If they can stay healthy, if, um, you know, Juan Soto, uh, is an extra bat, extra oomph in that lineup. Um, they could really, I think, make a good run at a wild card and really kind of play spoilers to the Mariners. I think when it comes to that, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's just an offense that really struggled with a 304 on base percentage, 304 weighted on base percentage. They really, really need Judge and Soto to step it up and drive the team forward in 2024. Um, yeah, they could also use a couple of guys like Volpe and you know maybe Oswaldo Cabrera and a couple other guys to make a step forward. But um, yeah, I just I just every single time I review it, it kind of keeps coming back to one Soto and Aaron Judge for me. Yeah, that's. That's going to be the storyline for the the new New York market this year is uh, you know Aaron Judge and Juan Soto both being on that team. Um, Aaron Judge has a clear path to AL MVP again. Um, 
in the AL. I, I have no no problem saying he's probably the best player in the AL right now. He, you know, can hit. He very much is the defensive prowess. That, that's why he's playing center field right now for the Yankees. Um, so Aaron Judge, likely to be scary again. Juan Soto, let's see if the uh, New York lights aren't too bright for him. Um, I'm sure he'll be just fine. Um, that that right field porch is probably looking really good to him, um, you know. And then yeah, a solid solid group of players around him, you know. Even even if they get most of the talk this year, Gleber, who you know at one point probably could have been a Mariner last year, um, you know, before the start of the season, we ended up getting long, and we know how that turned out. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, uh, you know, at this point just a crafty vet, um, you know. Has some ups and downs in this game, but uh, still one of the better first basemen in the league. And then Anthony Volpe, former t- um, you know higher prospect for the Mar- or the a- the Angels, <laughs> former top prospect for the Yankees. Um, you know, and then uh, I don't think you mentioned this. Jason Dominguez looks like he might be back middle of the season next season. Uh, yeah, good point. Yep, Jason Dominguez coming back from Tommy John surgery, I believe. Um, expected, I think, in July, August, somewhere in there. So um, a couple points of upside for the Yankees that they can tap into um, as well. I would say that the farm system is looking a little bleaker, I think, after the trade for for Juan Soto. Um, so they don't have as much there, but the Yankees do seem like they keep kind of churning out pretty good um, prospects. So they may have a good trade to make at the deadline um, if they are in it. Um but uh, yeah, and you kind of feel like this might be, I don't want to say the last run for the Yankees here, but Juan Soto is um, a last run in this kind of iteration of the Yankees. But Juan Soto is, you know, only going to be there for this year and likely to test free agency. Um, and yeah, Garrett Cole's getting a little bit older. Aaron Judge is getting a little bit older. Um, Anthony Rizzo is obviously getting a little bit older. So, um, you know, I don't know how many more years this kind of batch of Yankees um really has going here before they try to blow it up and try something different. Yeah. 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 You didn't, you haven't talked about your boy Giancarlo Stanton. Why, why is that Bo? Oh, well, I kind of bucketed him under the health, the health factor, right? Um, Giancarlo Stanton. What did, uh, what did Brian Cashman say? He's only good for whatever, 40 games or something like that. I can't remember what Brian Cashman said, but um, yeah, you can only, I mean, you're only going to count on, you should only really count on in your mind. I mean, realistically having Giancarlo Stanton play maybe a hundred games. Like, I think that's maybe even optimistic at this point for him to even expect that. So yeah, I don't know. It's funny. Cause I think everybody thought that when Giancarlo Stanton was going to move to New York, that he was going to, you know, he was going to break home run records and he was going to, you know, hit 60 home runs or even 70 home runs and some of the shorter fences there. But, um, and he had some good years. He had some good, you know, bombs there, but never came to I think what people anticipated for him to be in and at New York, right? Yeah, yeah, very, very much. Uh, it, it makes me wonder what would have happened if he didn't go to New York. Would he have been a better player? I, I think so. Uh, potentially, potentially. I don't. It's. I mean, he, he seems like he's somewhat fragile so like i don't know if that i don't know if, it might, if miami would have helped save him be any healthier but um yeah I, it's diff- it's difficult it's difficult for me to say one way or another um i think he was i think he was he was you i think he was plagued you don't want to speculate i think he was plagued to be injured i guess that's why i'm saying maybe he maybe he extends that health a little bit longer there in miami but i think he was i think he was destined to be injured one way or another yeah, Yankees. That's a good overview of the the Yankees here because I mean, it's gonna be. I don't know. We got we got more teams on the docket, but um, these likely are two teams that we could be seeing in the wild card and or seeing in the ALDS. So, um, you know, as Mariners fans, we need to keep tabs on them because uh, all roads, hopefully, it will lead through T-Mobile, but could lead to Yankee Stadium. Or Globe Life Park. So, yeah. Very, very likely. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, we'll continue this. We're going to do this the next, uh, we're going to do this the next two weeks. Um, I think at the end of it, we're, you know, planning to probably put together some of our power rankings and kind of where we think everybody's going to fall in and what have you there. But, uh, 
yeah, next week uh, we have the Astros and the Orioles up on the docket. So should be a, should be another yeah. fun one. Yep. Yeah. And, and there's certainly still going to be moves that are going to be made this off season. So um, the Yankees could get better. The Rangers could get better before we do this. And hopefully by the time we get through, I mean, we're only doing this for another couple weeks, but um, you know, the, those power rankings could be affected, you know, going into February, going into March, you know, going into spring training, you know, people could get signed. We'd be like, okay, that made them better, you know? So, um, but as it currently stands, as, as we look at these teams, you know, with their departures and who they don't have right now with their holes, you know, that's where we're, we're basing this off of. So, well, that's it for this show. Um, you know, we, uh, like you said, we're going to come back with the, some Astros, Ooh, and Orioles talk, but uh, you got anything else for the listeners before we get out of here? Uh, that's it for me. All I got. Alrighty, and that's it for me. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys next week. Brother. Thank you.